أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا إن جاءكم فاسق بنبأ فتبينوا أن تصيبوا قوما بجهالة فتصبحوا فتصبحوا على ما فعلتم نادمين صدق الله العظيم We discussed the aspect about when information comes to a person and if it's something that doesn't relate to him then he should totally ignore it, totally refrain from forwarding it to anybody, totally refrain from being part of that in any way because this doesn't concern him, it's not something that has anything to do with him and very often that information is not even accurate. In many instances, something comes around, but it's not even accurate. Now, to start off with, it doesn't even relate to us. So why should we even get involved in it? And why should we even listen to it? Why should we even read it? Because these things then lead to untold problems. And if it's something that doesn't lead us into a problem as such with people, then too it will still have some type of negative impact on us in many instances we will start becoming engrossed in that thought about whatever we heard, whatever we read, because now we went into the depths of it and we paid attention to it. So now the person's mind, instead of being engaged in something positive, which is something unrelated to him, it might be something far away from him, but his mind now will start getting occupied in that, but how did this happen and why it happened and who said what, and all these unnecessary and futile things, then his salah, he'll start probably depending on what kind of news that was and to what extent it impacted on his heart. His salah will start getting affected by it. His other work will start getting affected, one thing after the other. So therefore this is something to be totally ignored. If this in some way does relate to him, meaning that it will have some bearing on him, then too it's extremely important that before he even fully accepts that news as fact, then he must verify it. To start off with, if it doesn't really have any bearing on him, he must just forget about it, don't even get into it, don't bother about even verifying it, because it doesn't relate to him. But if it's going to have some bearing on him, then it's extremely important that he must first verify it. Must make sure that this is something that has been related correctly, or what was understood was correct, like the example that Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat upon, the incident that took place was as a lesson for us. It was made to happen that way. It was a lesson for us. That this was a thought that came into the heart of the person and that thought got escalated so deeply or so, so greatly and it became so overbearing that as if this was fact, he came and related it to Rasulullah Whereas it was merely a thought and that to an ill thought. Now this is why in the Hadith Sharif, there's so much of emphasis on this, that إِيَّاكُمْ وَالظَّنِّ فَإِنَّ الظَّنَّ أَكْذَبُ الْحَدِيثِ Beware of this baseless thoughts, this suspicions, because this is the worst lie. How can this be the worst lie? One is a lie, a person is speaking a lie, and he understands that I am speaking a lie. He knows what I am saying is wrong. 
was a lie, something against the truth, against the reality. When a person is lying, so he knows he's lying. So he's lying, there is a chance that he will retract from it because he understands what I'm saying is wrong. Or it might stop at a point because he knows he's lying. And here this thought, which is an ill thought, the person is just jumping to some conclusion based on some suspicion, but in his mind it becomes as if this is reality. He starts thinking of it that this must be the case. So now when he starts acting upon it, when he starts relating it, he starts relating it also as if it is fact. That person who is lying, he is still conscious of it. I am saying something that is totally wrong. It's a lie. He is also aware that it is a sin. Got some consciousness, he is aware it is a sin. But unfortunately he is doing that wrong. There is a chance he will still come to his senses and take a step back and retract. But this person is out of this baseless thought, he is running with it. And then this becomes like as if it's fact in his mind. Where is he going to retract from something he's thinking is true? Where something he's thinking that this is genuine. So he's going to be more firm on that false news. And as a result, it becomes sometimes worse than the person who is deliberately lying. Because this too is a lie. That is also a lie. Here the retraction also doesn't happen. Here the person starts finding other kind of baseless support for what he's saying. So the same message that is being given that if the person, if something has come to his attention which in some way might have some bearing on him, then too he must first verify it. In this time of social media where people just keep passing on things from one end to the other and then it's become a habit of people to pass on anything and everything that comes along to them and the so-called disclaimer only gets added that forwarded as received. And as if that will absolve a person of all responsibility. It doesn't absolve a person of anything. The Hadith Sharif, the message is very clear. When Nabi Salaam says that the person who relates a lie, then فَهُوَ أَحَدُ الْكَاذِبِينَ The person relates a fabrication. The person who relates something which Nabi Salaam didn't say, he related it. One is the person who fabricated it. The other person who didn't bother to make sure that what he's saying is verified. He just related it. He became one of the liars. So likewise, there's some thing that has come around and the person now is just adding forwarded and received. It doesn't absolve him of the obligation of making sure that what he's sending across is correct. He will also be responsible. Now many a times, Later on it surfaces that what was forwarded, what was received and what was forwarded and what was circulated was baseless. If it wasn't totally baseless, there was half truth in it and a lot of falsehood in it. There were some facts and some exaggerations. <coughs> now that exaggeration is also, it's just a very, sometimes that exaggeration, the word exaggeration is a little, like, one is they say that the person... Na'uzubillah had an abortion. Now that gives a very, very harsh sort of impact on the mind. Astaghfirullah, the person had abortion. So now that was a very harsh word, which was meant to be harsh. It's meant to give the reality. So now in the new world that we live in, so they changed it, euphemisms. It is now it's termination of pregnancy. Like how a person terminates a contract, 
he was in a contract and I terminated the contract. Like as if now, well, termination of, so it, it makes it very much lighter to, to the mind that now it's not such a serious thing. It's a termination. The person got into something. So all these kind of new terminologies are just for the purpose of making the severity of something be diminished. So that people mustn't take it seriously. People mustn't understand it to be a very major thing. Must take it as one of the small things. So now they change the whole name of it, they take the whole terminology and create such a terminology that minimizes the whole problem. Whereas it is not a small thing. So likewise, sometimes a person lies a very, very clear lie. See, now I was just exaggerating. Now that exaggeration, the word exaggeration sounds like, well, it's just like something just uh, not, not a serious thing. Whereas that exaggeration was that fact, was that correct. If that was incorrect, then it, and it was done deliberately, then that's a lie also. So, very often there's some truths in it, and this what we call exaggeration, which are lies. Now we sent everything along. We too are responsible. And many a times these things have come from people's minds, like this incident. Just from the person's thoughts. Just he half thing he got, one right thing he got, and he added another five things on his side because of the thoughts in his mind. He just jumped to conclusions and he made all that into one story. And then he passed that on. One person had made some, he circulated some message about a person, somebody else, which was false, which was wrong. So in any case, that person went and complained to the Qazi, this person has circulated a rumor about me, and this is damaging me, is causing harm and pain to me. The Qazi summoned the person who had done this. That person, old person, he didn't seem to understand and realize what a damage he's done. He can't seem to fathom that, what's a big deal about it? I said something, okay, it turned out that it wasn't truth. That's all. I didn't realize it was not right. But so now, end of story. He was now taking it very lightly. The Qazi decided to teach him a lesson and make him understand what is the reality of what he's done. So he told him, okay, you come back tomorrow, but do this. Gave him a piece of paper and told him, make it into small pieces. Now today as you're going home, you go in, as you're walking, you drop one piece here, one piece there, all over the place, keep dropping one, one piece around. And then you go home. So he did that. The next day when he came, and I came back to call because he was summoned to come, so he said, what's, well, I've come as per the command. So he says, no, first now you go and those pieces of paper that you dropped all over the place, you go and bring it back. So now that was one small piece of paper which was shredded in so many pieces and one was dropped here and one was dropped there and a small piece of paper away it would have flown away something would have got trampled by somebody something would have washed away I said no you're going to bring all those pieces back so how can I bring it back that's beyond me so he says what you have done you spread one message around now after a while it became known okay this was false this was incorrect it was just a baseless thing. So now you'll say, okay, I, I reset. But that message has gone far and wide like those pieces of paper. It's impossible to go and pick each one up now. It's impossible to undo the damage that you've done, likewise with this message. Because 50 people heard it, then you retracted. So 5 people got the retraction, or 25 people got the retraction. 
But in the meantime, that 50 people had passed it to another 50 people. And they in turn already passed it to another 50 people. And 25 people got the retraction. Very often, major news items get splashed on front pages. This has happened so many times. That on the front page, there's a major article and big, big issues are being... After a few days, in the inner page somewhere, there's a retraction. Somewhere in one corner, now who read the retraction and who didn't read it and... That damage can never be undone completely. So that is the harm that we cause by these baseless things. And very often people make decisions on these kind of things, make, take steps and actions on it. And all that was due to these kind of baseless things. This is the reason why this badgumani, this ill thoughts, is so despised and it's such a dangerous thing. It can cause harm to a person's deen, cause harm to his dunya. And therefore, one should therefore be very, very cautious any information, any news that comes around to start off with, we try to totally avoid it. And this kind of situation where people are linked up to all kinds of groups, Allah knows best where there's a time for all this thing. And sometimes the person says he's linked up to 50 groups and somebody 100 groups and somebody 200 groups. So if the 200 groups, one message is coming around from 200 groups per, per group, that too is 200 messages. That is the reason why one person, he... It was perhaps last Ramadan, he took the decision, he was in Atika somewhere, and he took the decision that he is deleting all these social media that he has and whatever else. So, Alhamdulillah, he took the decision and he did it. And that too, it was, he had made the decision to come to Atika without his phone. And then in Atika, he made the decision. So, he phoned back home and told them, please, uh, that phone of mine that's lying there, please get into it and delete all this. So everything was deleted. When he got back, now prior to that, this was an addiction that had become an addiction for him. And these things do become addictions. As much as people say that this is not an addiction, but they do become addictions. And people who are glued onto all this, if they are in a state of denial that this is not an addiction, then try taking that phone away for one day from them. And if it's possible for them to fight back, they'll fight back. People have fought back. They've been major battles over this kind of thing. And if for some reason it's not possible to fight back, then there have been situations where they went into depression. So now, what is the meaning of this? What does this indicate? This has become an addiction. The person just cannot be without it. And as a result, his whole life is just revolving around this. And like other addictions, this kind of addiction also causes the same kind of harm. Other addictions, we understand what kind of harm it causes. These addictions, though, not say that this is on the same level as that in terms of the sin. For example, a person is addicted to intoxicants. So that sin is a different sin in its own category. And if a person is on social media, we won't say it's a sin of the same level, obviously. But often the harms that come from that addiction come in this addiction too. Just one, one point, this is digressing from the topic that we are discussing, but that's not the issue. Issue is whatever Allah Ta'ala wills that we should try and take some message back. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions regarding addiction. Now, often the addictions are in two things. And these kind of addictions, sin, whether it was addiction or not, so for some people it's addiction, for many, 
And sometimes it may not be to the level of what we call an addiction, but the nevertheless a very, very major sin. So these two very major sins the Quran Sharif discusses. One is gambling and the other is intoxication. Intoxicants. Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَن يُوقِعَ بَيْنَكُمُ الْعَدَاوَةَ وَالْبَغْضَاءَ فِي الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ وَيَسُدَّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ وَيَسُدَّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ وَيَسُدَّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَعَنِ الصَّلَاةِ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ So now let's analyze this ayat. Allah Ta'ala is saying that shaitan, what is the target of shaitan? What he is trying to get at? What he wants to achieve? So shaitan gets a person involved. Allah Ta'ala is saying, إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانِ This is what shaitan wants. That, أَيُّقِعَ بَيْنَكُمُ الْعَدَاوَةَ وَالْبَغْضَاءِ فِي الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ First thing, Allah Ta'ala is giving us the very very clear picture of what shaitan's agenda is. So shaitan gets a person involved in gambling and intoxicants. فِي الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ خَمْر مَا يُخَامِرُ الْعَقْلِ Now, one is the fiqhi terminology, which obviously the application of this ayat primarily is referring to that. And that is the misdaq and that is the application on which the ayat is. The actual intoxication and uh, intoxicants and gambling. But in any case, by analogy, khamar ma yukhamirul akl. It overwhelms a person's mind. He can't think them. He can't function correctly because his mind is now overtaken by this. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala is saying that this gambling and intoxicants, what shaitan wants to cause by means of this, he will cause enmity and malice and hatred. Now when a person, Allah forbid, gets caught up in one of these two things, gambling and intoxicants, can go and analyze it everywhere, we'll find the same thing happening, that it starts creating, the person first, you might just think, well, I'm just dabbling in this, but when it starts coming to that point where it now has taken control of him, then there will be a problem with those around him. There will be a problem, he's a married person, his wife now will be having a problem with him, his parents will be having a problem with him, his children will be having a problem with him, whether it's intoxication, whether it's gambling. And those who are in the social field, who are handling social cases, you can go and ask them and check with them. They'll give you the string and the list of problems that come up in society because of these two issues. And these are not anything that we need to go and analyze anywhere and go and research. These are open, clear things. Every other place this is unfortunately a problem. And what are the effects of this? What are the problems that are resulting as a result of this? That's very clear. How people's lives are crumbling, how their deen is being destroyed, how their dunya is being destroyed, families are being destroyed, what not is happening. Now this is as a result of these two things the Quran Sharif is saying. And then together with that, وَيَسُدَّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ That the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala and establishing salah. This is what shaitan wants to stop you from. So how is stop going to stop you? By getting you involved in these things. Now this is the effect of these major sins that on the one hand with people it will create this problem, it will break relationships, it will cause enmity, it will cause all kinds of fights and disputes and 
what not will take place. It will bring a breakdown in relationship, in marriages, in homes. This is in terms of with the relations of people. And then with Allah Ta'ala, وَيُسُدَّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ It will become a problem and an obstacle in a person remembering Allah Ta'ala in establishing salah. Now, just for a moment we move on to the other, intox- other addictions. People become addicted to the phone, for example. Addicted to social media and addicted to internet and addicted to whatnot. Now this becomes their whole... Everything in life revolves around this now. Person is in the workplace also and every now and then he needs to be checking on what's going on and who sent what message and what... And then he needs to respond to that message. And so much of production time, people are complaining that half the production time is getting lost in this. And whatever other person now is at home, there's no family time. Now he's busy, it's time to sit and eat with the family and that time too there's no way that he can be without that phone. And then it is time to give his the more specific time for his family, so he's still connected. He's on that same bed but he's connected with the rest of the world. And he's disconnected from his own spouse. And this is not a isolated thing, he's unfortunately becoming very rife, but now that addiction, as a result of that addiction, so what's happening? The same problems that Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran Sharif for gambling and intoxication. As a result of that phone, how many marriages have broken down? That same enmity, the same ill feelings, that which Allah Ta'ala warned about gambling and intoxication because those things lead to an addiction. Now that is the the essential aspect on which the ayat of the Quran Sharif came upon and what's the reference of the ayat. But by analogy, the same thing can be applied here. This too becomes an addiction. So now it's creating problems between husband and wife. It's creating problems between parents and children. Sometimes children are complaining about parents. Parents are complaining about children. That how do I get over with this? This child is now there just is nothing else in his life but this. And we're trying to deal with the matter, is becoming a major problem. Now there's a problem between parent and child. Then there's problems in other parts of the community and society as a result of this. So that is with regards to relationships. And then now the person is so caught up on this, that his zikr and tilawat and tasbihat and all these things have become a faraway thing. This whole... Aspect came up on the incident we are talking about, that this person took that decision last Ramadan, that I am over with this now. And he was quite glued onto it, but now because, mashallah, with the barakat of the etikaf favor he was in, and uh, that environment of the masjid, etc., he took the decision and he made the, took the step to get them to delete it before he can, comes home. And when he came back home, after a while he realized that that amount of tilawat that he used to do once upon a time, and which had become non-existent in his life. Alhamdulillah, suddenly all that came back. He used to recite Quran Sharif at least three paras a day, it had come to zero. And all that time he realized was gone into all these things. Then how often because of engagement in that, the person is sitting till midnight and past midnight, he can't wake up for Fajr. Allah Ta'ala is saying, Will you stop? Will you take heed? Will you come back to reality and senses and take a step in the right direction? This is also the occasion that Allah Ta'ala has made 
available to us this month of Ramadan, this time in the, especially those of us who have been blessed with this opportunity to take out, these are times to make decisions. If these things are applicable to us, we need to make a decision that we need to get out of all this. We need to get far away from it. It will become an obstacle in everything, in our deen, in our dunya, and it will cause untold damage. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So together with that, dealing with information, all this is part of this baseless and futile information. Very, very wasteful, time wasteful, and so many harms in it. Allah Ta'ala give us a topic of distancing ourselves from all these things. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله